Okay, I guess we're live. What's up, everybody? I'm Dustin Coiner from Track Days here in SoCal and the Talking Motorbike Show. And tonight I'm talking motorbikes with a fucking dude that's been racing pro like since Nam, Hawk Mazota. What is up, Hawk? What's up, buddy? Oh, man. <laughs> um, you're making me sound really old, but I guess I am, right? Dude, you're in your 40s. Like, yeah. you're not as old as me. So, I mean, I'm like, eh, you know. <laughs> what are you, like 45? 47, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a young yeah. buck in her 40s. It's her prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, keep telling me that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what, man? Like, we were talking offline a little bit, but, like, I remember you back in the day at Willow Springs. You'd come out, and you were, like, the Bravo condoms dude. Like, <laughs> you, you had this ability to get um, out-of-the-industry sponsors for yourself all the way, like, from the jump basically so tell me a little bit about that man like you you know your experience in that bringing in the outside sponsor to the sport well that was my brother so that was an easy <laughs> one <laughs> that works uh, um, yeah are you are you all good on your uh, just i'm so bad at technology i can't see you anymore is that all right um i could see you just fine okay. dude and okay, cool. i think uh, the audience can see you as well bud yeah, yeah, you just disappeared, so, okay. Um, yeah, man, so right around the time I came back into racing in 2007, because um, I stopped racing in 2003, um, my brother had started up that business, Bravo. So it was really, it was just cool timing um, for me coming back in the sport and uh, sort of what his approach to the Bravo condoms was, uh, you know, that target audience, um, and the demographic was perfect for what I did. And his approach was through the extreme sports world. Um, so it was, a, it was a cool team up, you know, being brothers, we're super close and um, getting to sort of ride that together. You know, he sponsored me, he sponsored yeah. other guys uh, in, in all the extreme sports, really. And I, I was able to, um, you know, line him up with, with those kinds of, of athletes and um, it was rad man and it was a it was a pretty neat thing he did it's something that's super needed um, and making you know the whole thing was it's like and it's in this day and age it's, his whole thing was making the condom cool and making it talk about it man like you know so you, I know so I didn't have sex ed in so high you, school so you, I didn't have sex you did, a, you did a lot of R&D for that company yeah man I was in the back rooms all the time <laughs> It's an important nice. part of it, R and D. Um, it yeah. Was, no, it, but it was like one of those things. Really, it's like we need to be able to talk about this stuff and make it cool. Like not such yeah. a ooh condoms or be embarrassed to buy a freaking condom. You know, yeah. like Red Bull and all these energy drinks. Kids are drinking them, so it was pretty funny. Just random story while we're talking about Bravo condoms. We were, I think, we were at Road America, um, and we were pitted right across from the Red Bull semi-truck when I think they had Red Bull Rookie Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, we, we had the Bravo condoms easy up and all the stuff and and uh, everything was was super professional that, that they did do. You know, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't, uh, you know, hokey by any means. But we, we got complaints from I don't know who, but but the Red Bull because they're like, oh, we don't want Bravo condoms put it across from the Red Bull Rookies Cups. It's kids. We're like, you're like, those what? are the kids. They're 16, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, kids don't know what condoms are. And anyways, man, it was, 
Yeah, that no, was, man, they're that was... European, dude. They just leave it in, dude. Like, no <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was, yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was a good sponsor. That's, that's funny, man. But, okay, so, uh, so you said you were out of racing. Like, when did you actually start racing? I started in 1998. So I knew nothing about road racing, Dustin, nothing, man. Like, I grew up in uh, way northern California, well, where I live now. Um, you should say people Hella don't North. know you were living in Hella North. No, that's Cal- just what people think northern people of California say. I don't know. I grew up in Northern California too, bro. And like we said hella all the time. Yeah, that was a phase, but that's super lame. Uh-huh. That's not cool. Don't yeah. say hella. <laughs> where in Northern California did you grow up? Uh, do you know where uh, Blue Lakes is? I don't. Ukiah? Yeah, on the coast. Like, yeah. Like almost uh, the coast. Well, yeah. So Oh Blue Lake, yeah, man. Past yeah, bro. Like, so I drove 20. Highway twenty. Yeah. Freaking Highway twenty. Yep. Yep. I drove that a lot. Okay, cool. That's a cool area. Yeah, that's kind of where we lived. So, I mean, it was, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, growing, you know, growing up, living in that area, you know, it's like, uh, I guess you could say there was hella weed. Like yes. It was, yes. It was that's definitely weed country oh, and dirt yeah. bikes. Yeah. And the two in hand in hand. A lot of people growing weed riding <laughs> dirt bikes. Stolen. Yeah. Them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like, uh, was it Bartlow's got it, like, his little school yeah. out there in that area, Yeah, he's, right? uh, he's in um, Clear Lake Upper or Lake. that area. Upper Lake, yeah. Upper yeah. Lake. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, he was cool. telling me, and I was like, dude, you know, my little league was sponsored by that pizza place right down, and he's like, Treasure Cove? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, bro, like, I, wrote, I played Little League for Treasure Cove Pizza back in the day. Oh, that's, that's cool. So, well, so yeah, you are, yeah, NorCal guy. Most people think NorCal, like, oh, what are you... San Francisco or Sacramento? I'm like, no, dude. No, there's like dude. a lot more state of California still. Like we're yeah, we're basically beautiful, beautiful area where the people that you just described go to visit in the summertime, but it's like super yeah. poor, like very. Um, it's old school, man. Yeah, dude. Like that area is. It's crazy how many people buy homes in that area and stuff and vacation there in the summertime, but like, it's a pretty depressed area most of the time. You yeah, know. and that and where you're talking about where you lived, you know, you drive through yeah. and it's still, yeah, it's sort of the same. You got the big old yeah. lake, but you know, I'm I'm stoked where I live. Reading is the city, right? And <coughs> oh, it's it's oh, you're like way north. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're way up here. So we grew up. Um, you're by McLeod, of kind of McLeod. Yeah, that's the spot. That's my jam. Yeah, Love dude. It up there. Yeah, I went to my friend um, uh, Danny Salette and uh, his wedding. And in McLeod, and I drove my wife through Upper Lake, you know, the uh-huh. Highway 20 thing to get there from San Francisco. Yep. And Lily was like, you used to live here? I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. But hey, yeah. you know what? Like, I think that growing up in that kind of a place, um, you know, you appreciate things a lot more and, and different things a lot more, right? I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I guess you, that's that's pretty correct. I mean, so, yeah, like, when, when did you get started, dude? Like, you... Um, you oh, yeah, said you came back. Sorry. Yeah, so late night, late ninety ninety eight. What WSMC or AFM or what? Both. Yeah, yeah. So what happened, dude? It's so growing up where I did uh, on a ranch, we had motorcycles as kids. Um, yeah, it was just a tool. It was like a three wheeler or two, whatever was laying around, and we'd mob around the ranch and check cattle and you know, f off. When I moved to Monterey in fifth grade, Laguna Seca is right there. So I went out there at fifteen years old. Um, and there's a track day going on and that's my, that was my first experience of road racing 
and uh, I just fell in love with it. And so that was 1998. Al Salveria, I don't know if you know Al Sal. Um, Al Salveria, um, it was a Dennis Peglo track day. Remember Dennis oh, Peglo? Oh, shit, dude. Old DP school. Safety School. Yeah, DP <laughs> Safety School. He was like the OG of track days, right? So Dennis Peglo yeah. had a school. Um, Joe Carrillo, um, Dan Organo. There, anyways, there's a handful of guys out there. And I was just a dude who knew nothing about road racing, period. I was watching. Yeah. Al Salveri, he's a 250 GP guy, very talented. Um, came over, he lived in San Fran. We just hit it off. He's like, dude, what's up? And it's like, man, this is so cool. And I was picking his brain. He said, you want to ride? I was like, well, what do you mean I want to ride? He said, I'll get on the back. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so you did he, a two up at Laguna. I did the two up. And so he had a, you know, another awesome. helmet with the same size. So through leathers and boots and gloves and helmet on me, I signed a waiver and he took me around Laguna, like pretty solid pace, you know? Um, and so that's how I started 1998. He and I stayed in touch. He sort of got me lined out with a Honda RS125. Um, I did a couple track days and uh, I think one was at Streets of Willow and then Laguna Seca. And then I went right into racing, CCS, AFM, WSMC. And that was 98, so I did some of that. Who did, who did you do your new racer school with? WSMC. So you had Farnsworth. I, yes, Farnsworth. Yes. Danny Farnsworth, I right? I love that, dude. Yeah, yeah, Danny. So, like we, you know, like, we were chewing the same dirt, basically, at yeah. the same time, bro, coming up. What was, and, um, and what was the guy's name that ran the track days down there all the time? Tom Sarah. Tom Sarah. There yeah, dude. Yep. Yeah, so we definitely were chewing the same dirt, bro. Like, we were probably a novice together, which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it was the same time. Yeah, so Danny Farnsworth, like we we joked about it, you know, he's passed on, you know, he died a few years ago. I didn't but, know. Um, yeah, like he, you know, he, if you remember Danny, you know, he wasn't like the pillar of health, you know. Sure. But, yeah. um, you know, a couple things I remember about Danny is um, he had this like thousand yard stare and he would blink a lot. <laughs> and then, you know, back me up on this, dude. Did he tell you that turn nine is mine? thing where he dragged oh, his so toes that's pretty that's pretty and, bad no and and then also uh don't hit the berm yeah don't hit the berm don't hit the berm that's oh, you know man. that's like in, those, huh? that ingrained into our skulls yeah, in new yeah. racer school with danny farnsworth right that's cool yeah so um you know back in the day at willow you know you there would in that era if you remember there was like a whole two-stroke pit Oh man, like, that's what you know, it was most at. of turn one, right? Like, you'd that's roll right. through there, and it would be like one twenty fives and two fifties lined up and down, it's the best, you know, man. the turn one area, and yeah, like you could always super. spot them when they were out of their pit because they were dirty because they were yep. always working on their, you know. So I was like, uh, you know, that was that was just I'm I'm so thankful to have gotten to experience road racing the time I came into it. Like I'm yeah. very thankful because not that it's not really special now but it's definitely different it's it's changed so much and i've had this exact talk with so many guys over yeah. the years i just had this chat with eric bostrom uh, a month eric, ago dude. or so like we're really blessed dude to have got to experience what we did yeah and like those days i mean those those paddocks were full and yeah. i'd show up for a 125 race and you had i mean you talk about a stacked grid at a, at a club vicky, vicky jackson, jackson bell, bell. Jason yeah, DeSalvo, dude. Toby Jorgensen, Michael Hannes, 
John ben Ulrich, Spies. Chris Ulrich, Ben Spies, ben Spies John Hopkins. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. it was the the Haydens. I, I, I think Roger Hayden was still doing it. I was, but like, it was just. Dude, I remember being at WSMC, and I'm, like, just starting out, late 90s, you know, and fucking Ben Bostrom was, like, in Ken Kramer's pit coaching us. He was there hanging out. And I was like, what? cool? (laughs) Yeah. I'll never forget that. That was the first time I met Ben at at Willow Springs. He came. Yeah, me too. We somehow crossed paths, and I think it was... um, I don't remember how, because obviously we didn't have social media. We didn't have anything back then. It was a, no, dude. It was maybe. I think I just got a flip phone. Jixer.com in 2000. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the it, internet so forums. I, I didn't have that. I, I, I still have AOL. Like I'm so old school. Yeah, dude. But ben Bostrom showed up to a WSMC event, and somehow came over to me, and I was trying to load up a Wells Fargo little trailer. You know, I traveled around by myself at 16, and and he's like, "Oh, dude, let me help you." And he helped me get the trailer on my truck on the ball he's yep. like i'm ben bosch i was like yeah dude i know whoa and he was just so cool and uh i mean like but that was those guys big time yeah. guys everywhere and and it was just so uh i don't know man old school right dude it's so cool that yeah. y- like you and i shared some of that at the same time we didn't really we didn't really know each other i just remember uh-huh. later you know, I was racing, uh, I think I was racing at Streets on my Cowie 636 back then in 07. Yeah. And um, I remember you coming out, and I remember you being, yep. like, the Bravo condom guy. And I'm like, hey, who the fuck is that guy? Like, I, I kind of yeah. remember the name, but I don't recognize him. And like, like, we never really connected. But I do remember the, the Aprilia Cup Challenge. Like, I wasn't yeah. a participant in that. Nice. But, but I, I know you were. there. I remember in that era, we were... Um, we were at Newcomb's Ranch, you know, the OG track days guys. So it's like myself, okay. Jimmy Avila, Gil Ramos, those guys. And we're up at Newcomb's, and some dude rolled up there on an Aprilia Cup bike. Like, why was he riding it on the street? I don't know. But he had, he had, like, the, he had like the dirt bike triangle, you know, on <laughs> a backpack. And then he would yeah. park and he just triangle it, you know? Perfect. Yeah. But it, I don't know. I, I mean, back then, there, it was pretty common to see dudes on race bikes up at yeah. Newcomb's. Like, I, like, we were morons, basically, right? Um, but you did the Aprilia Cup Challenge, what was that, 99? Um, 99, yep. Yeah, and uh, another friend of mine, the paraplegic dude, Stu Goddard, he was in that, too. Yeah. I think I talked to you about this online. He's a badass. But, yeah, dude, Stu God was the dude at Willow that, like, wrote a 125 or something, and, and uh, Tony Silvera would stand in the back and hold, hold him. him yeah. yeah, and then, they, you know, they'd Velcro him to the bike and everything, and he would roll. Hardcore, man. Super. Yeah, so he goes, and he's in the Aprilia Cup Challenge. He's got a pretty good Moto Liberty or whatever sponsor back then, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, he eats shit pretty big. Like, he, you know, he got flung off the thing like a cartoon. At Willow? No, at Pocono that year. Oh, Pocono, that challenge. was the bad one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was a super bad one. And so this guy, the sense of humor on this guy, like he, he's telling the doctors or whatever, oh, my God, I can't feel my legs. But they don't know he's been paraplegic since he was 16, dude. What a dick. Yeah. So, it's like, he's just that kind of funny guy, you know. But um, yeah, he, he was anyway, a guy. 
Yeah, so you did the you did the cup challenge. There were a bunch of dudes that did the cup challenge, right? The Aprilia. Yeah, there was a handful. So John Hopkins, right? Yeah, that was ninety nine, right? So ninety eight, one twenty five. So it was right into so uh, yeah, in ninety nine. Um, the guy I guess who sort of got my career started, honestly, um, Al Salveria linked me up with Donnie Lemlin, who owns Scuderia West, which is a dealership in San Francisco. Yeah, um, Aprilia dealer. Awesome guy, sort of like a. a a father figure in my life, um, he approached me to, to race the Pro Cup. And um, so, you know, I was, however old I was, 17 or something at that point. Um, yeah. It was sort of one of those last minute deals that's so cool is that I shot up to San Francisco. Um, they just got the bike and like, dude, we gotta, we gotta break it in, you know, brand new motor and stuff. So yeah. I rode the thing around San Francisco in the streets. And I just thought that was the coolest thing because, you know, it's not street legal. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a freaking rebel and, you know, following those guys around. And uh, we broke the bike in and uh, scuffed the brakes in. They did a couple of things, showed up at Laguna Seca. And that, that for me was huge. You know, I was like going from CCS or AFM or WSMC to full blown. That was, that was when it was World Superbike yeah. and AMA. It was, yeah. and we're talking a hundred some thousand people. Yeah, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. It's like holy shit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we showed up and we were up in the mix. It wasn't super. Com I mean, it was competitive, <laughs> but there was John Hopkins, um, Andre Castanos, uh, Jeep Turnova. No, there were some fast guys. There was fast guy. Greg White raced it. Of course he did. <laughs> he crashed. He didn't end actually end up racing, but um, there was fast guys. But it was cool, man. We uh, I got third. To, yeah, John Hopkins and Alex Gobert, Anthony Gobert's uh, yeah, little, little brother, brother. Yeah. Alex Gobert. Um, and then that sort of, I guess, started the and, career. And those right? guys, you know, those guys went and did what they did, right? I mean, yeah, John went and so MotoGP cool. and, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, the other guy. I think he, I think he's still part of Motorbike somehow. I, I don't know if he does a – is he a moto journalist, Alex? Uh, um, he got – he blew up, dude. Like Gobert's, last time I saw him, yeah, yeah I think like, he's doing something. With, I don't know. Last time I saw him, dude, like he had Alex had blown up, dude. Like he was, he was like thick, like. Well, I mean, eating a bunch of cheeseburgers anymore, and he's got kids. Yeah. Like that's what happens, man. You know. Yeah, dude. It's like family life. I was talking to Aaron Gobert, what, like maybe a year ago, and uh, yeah. What's he doing? He was, well, the last time we talked, he was, um, I had just bought a t-shirt from him because he was selling t-shirts to help fundraise for Anthony. For Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. To help move him to where kind of yeah. closer to him. And, yeah. um, you know, they'd gone through some stuff. And, you know, I was pretty, pretty, relatively speaking, I was pretty okay with Aaron, you know. Like, Aaron was, Aaron's he'd come cool. out and ride at our track days and stuff, yeah. you know cool guy and i remember yeah. him coming out at willow you know that first time and beating chuck you know and that's how he got his ride basically oh right? chuck graves yeah yeah chuck was yeah. the man yeah. yeah so um yeah it's pretty crazy that you were racing with those guys and you know you mentioned uh castanos like i, I work with him at the yamaha school still like, oh no way yeah dude oh, yeah the man. last couple years i awesome yeah, it's such a good dude. You know, like yeah. we end up working together with the Yamaha school. So okay, yeah. Anyway, little oh, that's, like that's... like how the what is it the six degrees of separation or whatever, right? Yeah. So dude, there's all sorts of stuff. It's cool. Yeah. Um, 
you know, be able to chat with you because we haven't got to actually chat in so many years that uh, these are such cool memories in my life that, yeah, I mean, really special. And, and the guys that are brought up like, oh man, like just cool cats and neat times of racing. And, you know, when I feel like I caught the, the part of race, in my opinion, I caught the part of racing that uh, still had that generation yes of absolute badass yeah 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 i mean the the, the dudes on any were... look i i tell my guy the track days crew you know they're uh, mo most of them have been with me for a long time but even but even them they weren't around back then you know and um except for the original guys of course but i mean dude on any given weekend at wsmc you would grid up like in a 600 race at Willow and you would grid up with Anthony Gober, Jamie Hacking, that yeah. one of the Hayden brothers, maybe, you know, There's so much talent. Jake, dude, I remember being on the track, Jake Zimke on, yeah. on the FX bike. Josh Even Hayes. if you're getting smoked or lapped. Oh like, yeah, dude. dude. I'm gridding up with these guys, man. Awesome. And, and, but the thing is like the, the nature of the beast was different too, man. Like the completely, the competitive mindset of people, like people came to the track, because they no wanted joke. to go racing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I joke about it now, but man, back then I remember the 600 race was like a contact sport, you know, like absolutely full contact sport. And nowadays, you know, like you get close to a guy and they're like in your face yeah, about it, you know, I'm like, yeah. bro, it was clean. What are different. you talking about, dude? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I, I'm again, I'm just thankful to have gotten to experience it. You know, yeah. like, you know, I, I think it, we're me, lucky, I, dude. We're lucky. We are. I look at the generations of before all these guys. So like in the, what, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, there's that generation. Yeah. In were the just early the 80s, true early hardcore 90s. guys. Yeah. They were smoking a ciggy, you know, yeah. like, oh, fuck. Put that out, throw open yeah. face helmet, and go lay it down. Yeah. I mean, hardcore. You know, no, yeah. like the safety gear. Th those guys were the men. And then it went yeah. to this next generation that carried it on but the bikes got better the equipment got better but there's basically still that you're like mindset, on any sunday you know? era and then on any sunday two era right totally yeah <laughs> and it's just change yeah. again not that it's not incredible now and the talent the kids these days are incredible yeah it's just different i don't know how to put it but it's different and uh, well i i think you know i mean i see a lot of chatter about stuff like what you're talking about online oh track days is ruined racing you know and i'm like wait changed. a minute dick it's changed it, things that's all i think i think what's Not happened really. is um back back when we started you know relatively speaking obviously i mean there's some exceptions the exceptions prove the rule right but like yeah in order to be on the track you had to go racing and yep. now right. you was, just, now you can just that's go right. on the track and have a good time you know and not that's have true. the not have the added element of competition involved. And yeah. while that has afforded the racetrack experience to be had by a lot more people, um, a lot of people that are in the business, like I'm, I'm the owner of Track Days, right? Like <laughs> yeah. a lot of the people that do what I do, they're so worried about trying to hang on to their little slice of the pie that yeah. they're like, oh, we, you know, racing is way too gnarly. You don't want to do that, you know, and Not like really. kind of almost like yeah. discouraging people or like trying to kind of shield them from this evil thing. And where I'm like, hey, man, you know, this is cool. You think this is cool, yeah. dude, right? And then we steer Absolutely. them in the direction yeah. of racing. And I've kind of always done that and been that way. 
to my own business detriment probably things. no <laughs> no but man i mean that's that's if someone wants to go race they're going to do it yeah and you should encourage yeah. them to via a track day teach yeah. them the safety part of it so they have an enjoyable experience right yeah i mean that's I mean, the there's, part of it i think is and you know I, I mean I, I i've gotten to watch and scout talent and see it come see talent come up and through the track day world all the way to being a pro several times and it's a great feeling when you're like, yeah. dude, I remember when that kid was over here asking yeah. me shit. I'm like, okay. Like, cool, man. You know, right. um, I, um, I, I, I've had this chat with Curtis Adams a few times where, like, I, I recognize the look on some of the kids' faces when they're talking to me. And they have the same look on their faces that I had when I was talking to Curtis Adams. So cool? I was like, that's... You know that it's kind way. of weird, but it's yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So you know that this, but yeah, dude. So okay, so you you quit. You took a hiatus for a little bit, and you came back in 07, and then yeah, fuck, a lot you've of done. It. Yeah, man. So you did a career, massive. Yeah. You did a mass amount of disciplines too, right? Uh, sort of. So as long as people think I've been racing, actually racing, I've not. So I did 99 that Aprilia race. Finished yeah. off the 125s, um, had a lot of success there. Yeah. And then uh, did one race of 600 Supersport at Daytona. Got taken out on the back straight, wide open, 160 mile per hour, and um, got pretty banged up. And, you know, it just was like, I didn't grow up racing. So it wasn't just all I knew. You know, I, yeah. I, I had a lot of other... I went to normal high school. I played football. I played lacrosse. Um, you know, I was going to go to college. I was going to just do other stuff. So for me, that was my first little sort of brain reset. It's like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. So I had a little time while I was injured to think about stuff. And so, yeah, I pulled the plug, um, which looking back, it's like, I don't regret anything. But holy cow, you know, I had such an opportunity. I was young. Um, I was definitely, I think, talented enough to, to go places, but I chose a step away. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't race motorcycles until from 2000 to 2007. Okay. In between there though, um, you know, I had an opportunity, I don't even remember how it happened, through my, I think through my, my pops, my dad, in meeting uh, a, a gentleman that owned a little SCCA car racing team, um, I raced cars. I raced a season of, of uh, SCCA and open wheel. That's and, awesome. Um, it was badass. I mean, to, to go from two wheels to four, it was so easy. I mean, That's it what was people like say. instant, you know, talk about let it hang out there. It's like, I got a roll cage around me yeah. and I can, so I won a national championship my first season. Then I did one race of open, open wheel um, for me Atlantic. I did the Long Beach Grand Prix. No and, shit. Uh, that's yeah, badass, dude. Incredible experience. I mean, like, like, that's a short list of people that have been able to do stuff like that. Yeah, man, it was amazing. It was looking back, it's like, holy shit. We, we, I, I did the one race, that was it. But I think I finished 12th, um, you know, and it was, yeah. I mean, I think I could have had a career car racing, but that's one of those <laughs> things you better, you better find some big sponsors and big money. Yeah, um, dude. You know, because to go, like I said, to go from two to four, I think anyone you've seen that's done it, motocross guys, road race i mean it's 
I'm not gonna say it's easy. It's different. These those guys are no joke. But I was very comfortable. Um, I've I've got you know. a commenter, Irate Barry from Utah, and he's telling me that uh, he was hoping that you were gonna say you raced a Spec Miata. <laughs> oh, dude, that's the shit. Spec Miata class. I want to. Oh, so funny. Yeah, I, dude, the Miata class is where it's at. It's a, is it it's really? Just, absolutely. You, you'll because it's a Miata, and they actually work dude, all right. It's, you show up like with like I, a forty car I, I, and just I go, go to the doors. I, I go to a lot of the tests with. Oh, I go to all the tests with the race team, with Attack Yamaha, and oh, um, yeah. we sh we share the track with the car guys, right? Okay. And um, there was this dude that had this like ridiculous Lamborghini, right? And uh, I'm like, man, you know. And I'm talking to the, I'm talking to their crew because, like, you know, whatever. And I'm asking questions, and the shit that comes out of these guys' mouths is just shocking the the i guess the the perspective that they have versus the perspective that we have totally different uh -huh. and he's like yeah you know it's basically like um uh, it's sort of like the lamborghini version of a spec miata i was like what <laughs> so yeah it's some kind of cup challenge or something but the car yeah, those are cool i i think yeah. he, the guy was saying it was like 600 grand or 700 grand to run that car for the season Oh my including gosh. tires no. and everything what <coughs> oh yeah. for a lamborghini yeah the lamborghini oh yeah i don't doubt it i was gonna say a miata dude you could run the same set of tires no but it's like here. a spec car so he was like oh, oh it's sort of yeah. like a spec miata but like it's a lamborghini you know and like but really okay. expensive yeah really expensive miata yeah totally different world man like perspective is a bitch world. right yes yeah yeah that's but, funny but, man but uh, such a cool experience i did you know that little bit of four wheel stuff, which is really, again, just a neat experience. And then, um, God, man, so that was it for racing. I was out, I, I was in Santa Barbara going to college and valet parking cars at the Santa Barbara Inn. And um, I moved to Lake Elsinore for a little while. Uh, what a shithole that was. It was just like, that's where the industry was. You know, I came back to racing in 03 um, for Jason Pridmore. Okay. And uh, that was so cool. I had, I, I actually, I called Josh Hayes and okay. his buddy of mine. And uh, I was like, Josh, I remember I was in Santa Barbara with a bunch of roommates. He's like, Josh, you know, I was picking his brain. He's like, dude, I want to race. I got the itch. You know, I want to race. And he's like, yeah, man. Well, you know, I think you should race the 600 or 750. And anyways, he, he sort of lined me out with Jason Pridmore. And um, met Pridmore, hit it off. What a cool cat. So talented. And I started teaching at the Star School. Uh, okay. Pridmore. Taught at the schools, and then uh, we did a little collaboration. I raced 750 Superstock back then. Yeah. Under the Star banner, so I, I raced for Star School. Okay. Which was so cool. Kind of, um, I'm kind of remembering <laughs> that now that you're saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was good, you know. Um, so competitive. I think. God, yeah. back then I did about a half a season, uh, and we're talking like. From first to twentieth was just talent. Now, because now I look back at lists, I'll pull up the old stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, like every I'm manufacturer had yeah. two semi trucks of factories. Yeah, they had a satellite team. You know, I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, it was really good for me. I mean, I was just getting hammered, and and to be a top fifteen was was a push. But I had Pridmore training me i mean like really i got to teach his track days get seat time and he was there to be able to instruct me and it was just such an opportunity um looking back and and i did a i 
I did it for some reason. I did a race for GP Tech. Um, okay. Maloney. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Maloney. Yeah, Maloney. Yeah. So I showed up <laughs> at Mid Ohio uh, on a Formula Extreme bike. You remember those bikes? Those yeah. Were just gnarly. And I, I want to say his rider was hurt or something. For some reason, I showed up. I'm so like, was this rider Jeff Bostrom? <laughs> could have been. I want to say Jeff did race that bike. Yeah, he did, dude. Yeah, Jeff Bostrom. So I showed up on a Thursday to, to ride the bike at a track day prior to the AMA event. And um, Thursday practice, it's raining. Mid-Ohio. Okay? You don't yeah. ride there in the rain. No way. It's raining, and I was like, well, I got to learn the track. You know, I'll go out. I like riding the rain. So I go out. It's me and one other guy on the track, and it was the Corona, Corona Suzuki rider from Australia. Or no, a British okay. guy. A British guy for Corona Suzuki. Um, it's been a minute, bro. It was like when Jake Holden was riding for them. And Anyways, two of us on the whole track, and we're going, we're going under the bridge. Remember the bridge you go under? Yeah. And we're going under the bridge and he passed me on the outside and he clipped my handlebar and sent me into the bridge, into the wall. <laughs> so it was like, Yo, thanks. That was that, you know, like jacked up the bike, jacked me up. Um, and that, so that was sort of it. I was banged up for that weekend. And then I went home and again, it was one of those things that I just, and I felt horrible. I called Primo. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know, man, you know? So looking back now, like, though, I don't even know what I'm doing out there, right? <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. What am I doing? You know, I just would go from not racing to racing and, um, it's just sort of my style. It's just jump on and do it. But looking back though, you know, having to maybe have someone help me help direct me, you know, yeah. uh, a bit more of, um, the opportunities I had looking back, I'm like, man, what opportunities had I stuck it out? But it's just, you know, I don't know. It wasn't for me at the time. I wasn't, I loved it, but I didn't have that just hardcore racer mentality. I remember asking guys, I remember asking Spees, you know, we spent a lot of time together, Ben Spees and I, and it's like, Hey, do you ever, do you ever wonder about if, if you want to race or not, you know, or if, if, if it's for you or if you have a big crash, it's like, no, I mean, it was like that. No. Wow. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's, that's way different than how I think. So you know, maybe, maybe it's good. I, 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 maybe, maybe you're just smart. <laughs> well, there's that part of it too. Who knows, man. Right. Like looking back, uh, I could have gone one direction. I think been very successful, maybe not, or I could have gotten hurt. Who knows? But what I know is that, you know, I had incredible experiences with very, uh, talented people who helped me, Josh A's and Pridmore and Freddie Spencer. And I mean, like I was very blessed to somehow lined up with these people and, um, you know, they, they sort of took me under their wing in a way. And, yeah. uh, I got to have these experiences that, you know, I wouldn't have otherwise. So that was it, man. You know, what, I was what, just... what you're saying, um, you know, I have a commenter, you know, Barry says something else that kind of rings true. And I'm just going to, I'm going to say what he said, and then we could have a discussion on that too. But he says, he thinks it's awesome that we now have a ton of resources for coaching now. Yeah. And, you know, back then, dude, it was like School it of Hard Knocks or yeah. you could you could go to like Superbike School or, you know, yeah. Pridmore had just started his school when yeah, we started racing, basically. Reg right? Pridmore was around. It was, dude, yeah, Re was Reggie, yeah, yeah, Reggie Pridmore, which 
dude, like he basically, I, I took Reggie's class in the late nineties, like 98 or something. And I remember getting the talk, you know, the talk was like, look, I know you're racing, but this isn't a fucking race school. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So like it was that and the Superbike school. And then Jason had just opened his school when we started. So that's about it. That's right. I mean, now, dude, you could do one-on-one with the MotoGP Moto2 champion, Tony Elias. Crazy. I know. You know, Josh Hayes, you could pay him. Jake Simke, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, hitters after the hitters after hitters. people have now, that's the yeah. thing I look at too. Here's what's, what's interesting while you're bringing it up. So it's like when we were in school. If you want to, if you want to look something up, what was it? What, would he, what did we have to use? Encyclopedia. Uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Encyclopedia. <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah. You'd go into the freaking encyclopedia, A through Z, and like, oh, man. And, but you figured it out. Yeah, you know? or you had to really listen in school. Um, no difference in racing now, like you're saying with track days, is that back then you had these couple of different outfits. You had to have the money to go to those outfits. Otherwise, it was like you're saying, there was no track days. It was show up Friday, and you'd figure it out. Yeah, you'd dude. race the fast guys, and you'd be like, holy shit, this is gnarly. But you learn quick, Yeah, and they wouldn't mess around. If, if you got in their way, it was like no way dude beat it you know the the amateurs now the amateurs today have no idea how great they have it you know they have every resource yes dude i mean when we started it was like you know you you do your friday track day or whatever saturday morning you go and you have danny farnsworth yell at you for half a day basically right and the other half you're on the track and then basically sunday morning you you get thrown to the wolves in, the deep in, end. in yeah. oh dude in practice yeah. you get thrown in by freaking chuck graves why, yeah in practice like, oh right God. and then you have to sit around all day for your one novice race right and now these guys are you know i mean we got amateurs that are doing like six eight races a weekend dude That's you know good. it's good it's different and they're coming out swinging but they're coming out swinging with a lot more riding experience than we had when we started a lot of experience and a lot of resources but here's the difference though that i don't understand is that when you look at and whether it's road racing or like what i do with my my camp you know i teach in the dirt be it flat track or moto i was gonna ask you about your camp road race it's like i don't understand is how we have progressed a little more so on the road race tracks that we still have raced for how many years now? I always like to go back and I look at lap times. I'll go back yeah. and look at my, my superbike lap times from, from Daytona, from Laguna. Yeah. They haven't changed much with traction control. That, I mean, technology has changed a lot. I mean, the lap records lap have been broken. Like, the lap records get broken, but they're not broken by, like... But they're not huge amounts. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like... The bikes and, are so and, much faster... It's so much better. more easier to ride electronics and shit. And yeah, but it's like it's it's not ten seconds a lap faster. It's like no, it's a couple maybe. It's like you know, it's like seven tenths, right? Yeah, and and yeah. the like you know what you're saying as far as the resources that riders have, kids have, right? When we were start, when I started, it was 125, but kids had a a stock YSR, right? That was street legal, and they had to strip it down and, and like that. Those didn't yeah. work great. Now they got these ovalis and all this stuff, which is so rad. But dude, have you seen looked. those ovalis? Yeah, I rode one. They're insane. They're fucking missiles, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're no joke. That's I, I rode Tal O'Hara's 
um, a little while ago, I was like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine having this to train on as a kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, but anyways, what's cool about it to me is that the resources are there because that's going to increase safety. Like number one, you want riders to be safe, be it kids especially and, yeah. and adults or the guy who's yeah. race Sunday and go work it on Monday. Like you want safety because then you're having fun. When you're hurt, dude, it sucks. We all know that. So that yeah. part of it is good. The good schools or track days and there's a, there's a million out there these days. I'm not going to say it's hurt the industry, but I, I personally think it has changed the industry. And in some ways, the good ones is phenomenal. When you have good instructors, yeah, that's awesome. And that's where like the whole USMCA has been established and all that to try to have a, a yeah. curriculum or a, a baseline that, because otherwise you got these track day providers or club racers that know it all. It's like, yeah, it bugs the shit out of me. Yeah, because I mean, they, you know, they know we, what you're talking about, and you're you're just telling this totally green rider or student the wrong stuff. What you got to do is throttle out of that shit. You know, like it's I horrible, mean, dude. It's yeah, you're gonna the, put them on their head, and I don't like that stuff. That part of yeah. it, I mean, like, man, you know, there should be a bit more of a standard. Um, yeah, so kudos to the ones like you know your guys and, and the Yamaha guys and the the good outfits out there that are truly teaching a curriculum that is legit. Well, yeah. our, you know, when we take a new person, I mean, new riders have the same nerves that we had when we started, right? They're all like, Absolutely. oh my God, you know, this is, yeah. Yeah. so I come in and the, our crew comes in and, and basically takes that, it calms them down a little bit and just kind of gives them the, the what's what. Yeah. And then we take them out and show them around. And then throughout the day, we keep bringing them back for classroom time. And it, it's really interesting, you know, it's not mandatory or anything, but they keep coming back because they want they want to get something, and because I'm I'm an instructor for the Omaha school, so like we'll come in and we'll do like the old school like uh, Nick and Ken Hill used to do this in the Yamaha school, but basically it was like myth busting shit, right? Where mm -hmm. crap that you see people write online about writing, yeah, we'll sit there and myth bust that stuff, I and love it. and yeah. the new writers seem to eat that stuff up pretty good, and then I give them two uprides. Like it's the best thing you can do in my opinion. And I, and the two up rides, you know, when we first started, it was more like a thrill ride kind of thing, but man, like I've buttoned that shit up and it's super square now. And it's like, look, I'm not here to terrify you. You need to get on here and you need to take a look at you where, feel it. yeah. Like where I'm putting the motorcycle, how, like how I'm operating the brakes, how long I'm carrying the brakes for the throttle application, all that stuff. And then you know, I give them the ones, the the what I want, what I expect of them as a passenger. And then, dude, they, you would be amazed the look and the commentary after the ride. And they're like, "Oh my God, I can't believe yeah, you could it's break a good feeling for that long." You know? Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, I dig that's that. That's one of the stuff. best tools. I mean, like everyone learns different, right? You got yeah. visual learners and audio or hands-on. And um, I mean, I'm a hands-on dude. But no matter what type of learner you are, Pridmore is the two-up guy at his schools. I mean, he was he was he was so good at it that I didn't want to do a two-up. I remember Pridmore. I think we we're at Chicago or somewhere. Um, he's like, Mazzotta, let's go." It's like, I don't I don't want to get on the back with you. Period. You know, like I would love to feel what and see what you're doing, but to ride on the back yeah. as a racer, like I want to be in control. 
Yeah. I did it with him and it was, it was so rad. And, and as a racer to be able to be, I'm now so yeah. relaxed flowing with him and, yeah. you know, really studying his fingers and his hands and his everything. Yes. Jay, you know, Pridmore so smooth. That for me was one of the biggest nuggets that I gained yeah. in I think two laps. Dude, you know, I, and I was already racing professionally yeah, dude. and, you know, by no means on top, but I still learned so much in two laps. So you take that to a new rider, um, and especially these days with radios, yeah. you know, live chat. So you can say, Hey, here's what we're doing right now. And man, it's, it's just awesome. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't upgraded to the, like the cardo or whatever yet, but man, that's a good idea. Cardo, I don't know. What's if, that? Car, you know, that, that, uh, headset stuff that you oh, put your radios. helmet. Yeah. I haven't, oh, dude, uh, or whatever it is. Like I haven't, I haven't oh, yeah. used that yet. Cause I wear earplugs and all that. Like right. I've never wanted to be getting squawked at in my helmet while I'm trying to focus, sure. but hey, man, that's, I'll that's tell a you good what. idea. That's a good idea. We had, I don't know if you remember. And really quick, but... dude, that what you said about Pridmore two up, dude, I had that a similar experience it? with Scott Russell. Oh, you went two up with Scott? Yeah, bro. <laughs> oh man. And <laughs> the biggest takeaway, what you said about Pridmore and how slow his hands were. So smooth. Dude, I, I remember it. Yeah, I yeah. will never forget the two up ride with Scott Russell. I did right, two of cool. them. And I've applied so much of what I learned to my own writing and my own two up writing because dude, the guy is, we were going, we were going like insane lap speed, right? Where were you? What track? Jersey. And I mean, yeah, I was working for Yamaha school that weekend and I scumbagged them <clears throat> into letting me do a two up with, with my hero basically. Right. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah, like I was total star fucker. I was like, oh my God, dude, that's Scott Russell right there, my hero for like 20 years. Okay. So, you know, I. How about his accent? Oh, I love that guy, he's dude. He's awesome. like, he's like family to me, man. He's so cool. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. My, my family's originally, you know, like we're Georgia people. So, okay. yeah, oh, yeah. I could turn that shit on. I don't even want to talk like that right You're now. Cajun? No, no, just <laughs> Southern as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but cool. um, Scott Russell, you know, big hero of mine, and just watching, like you said, like the how slow his hands are and how deliberate he was with the brakes, and yeah. you know, at the tip and how patient he was, man, yeah. like Isn't it cool. Yeah, when you and can, he, when you can, as a student on the back, appreciate those things, not just be, you know, as a as a new student, oh yeah. shit, just hanging on and leaning the opposite way and you know, tight. Yeah. yeah, it's so neat. To build. I don't want to do it again. Like, I don't <laughs> think if Pridmore's like, get on the back, I don't, I don't know if I would. I would, but I don't want to, you know what I mean? But it, to be able to relax and appreciate it, um, it's, it's a hell of an experience. And I, I know after the fact, I, mean, I did two uprides at Pridmore school for him, and I've done it at a lot of other schools. I do it on the dirt with riders. And it's, I think it's one of the best tools, you know. You just have to be able to have that absolute feel of having someone on the back and deal with someone who can be super squirrely, you know, with their body and yeah. their weight and a, a big, big, big human being versus a small one. And oh, leads opposite. Who's it's the biggest, how, how, what's the biggest passenger you had when you did two ups? Oh man. Skip barber school. I had some big passengers. Yeah. Like big. how big, how big? Uh, I mean, I, to guess high, high twos. 
Yeah, dude. I gave a guy that was like big. I, tall, I gave, like tall. Yeah, I gave like a guy. Their head was almost not hitting the yeah. back of my helmet, but over my head. You know yeah, I, mean? I gave I gave <laughs> a guy that was six eight, like two eighty. <laughs> and you know, I've got a huge spring on there, and you go into the corner, and the you've blown through the spring, and your the rear tires barking, and I'm oh, sketchy, like, and I'm like, you gotta slow down dumb. a little bit. This is gnarly, yeah. Worst thing you could ever do is, is pitch it with a guy in the back yeah. or a girl in the back. And, and you know, earlier this year, I gave a, a blind dude a two-up ride. That was kind of I nice. saw that. How cool. What Man. an experience, huh? Yeah. So it's, you know, all, all shapes and sizes. Yep. Um, you basically adjust your pace accordingly, you know, to yep. whoever it is. And um, I try to, like, I can hear Nick Inotch in my head going, D, you know. The, the program's on the line right now. It's in, the program's in your hands right now. So like, I, Nick. yeah, like I That's really, true though, man, you can't make a mistake, dude. I, you know, yeah. there's been some bad stuff up North, you know, lawsuits and all kinds of yeah. stuff. And man, I just don't want to be that guy. I don't no, want to be the, ever. Yeah. Two ups are definitely frowned upon with insurance and, uh, in general. So, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you, you'd hope that it's never something that gets lost. Cause I think it's one of the best tools. Yeah. For uh, whether it's attract a guy, an aspiring racer, or you know, taking a, a, a blind guy around the track, how incredible! I took one of the coolest experiences I've ever had, Destin, was um, at Fontana. Remember old Fontana? Yeah, Fontucky. Yeah. So, a buddy of mine, Aaron Baker, he lived in Monterey, and he was a pro motocrosser, super talented kid. He got hurt and paralyzed. I think he was whole high school, and uh, he. Is just one of those guys that that is so gnarly and was not going to give in to you know the change of life. So um, you know he he biked across America. He he's done it all. This guy this kid's yeah. incredible. Um, anyways, I took him on the back with me on my 600 Supersport race bike at Fontana to track day. So suit him up in my leathers and, and all my gear. You put like a stock tail section back on. No, nope. this passage. race oh. race tail race tail. Race tail. Oh, okay, yep. that's different. Thing was super stout. We. Put one really thin pad on it, and um, we taped his hands around me. We taped him right here, and we taped his knees to my knees, so that he could his knees could still move with mine. We taped his boots to me, so because I don't okay. have passenger pegs, right? Right. Um, so basically, we strapped him to me in my body, and um, man. And I was, I was ripping, you know, I went out of the pits, just nice and smooth. I mean, he's a racer. I was like, you know, Hey buddy, how, how's this for you? He was like, he was screaming. It was like, made me want to cry, man. Like he got that feeling again and he was like, yeah, I was like, okay, just tell me like, if we can up the pace, just say, you know, keep going. So, I mean, I got, I got to a pace where I, I was the point of like, all right, you know, this is, this is fast, but still mellow for me. Um, but just that that experience for him again yeah. to have that that total thrill and that that relief you know was it was just rad man and for me to just that feeling so two ups point is they're they're quite the experience for a lot of different reasons for a lot of different people you know yeah so you came back to racing 07 and i dude you had the what you raced r6s and 07 was 600 super court on Yamaha. And then, and then I, you know, I, I remember seeing you race like a GSXR thousand, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you've been at it. A, super bike. 07 was a solid season. Eight, nine, and eight and nine were solid 
those are the two most solid seasons I've had. I had a okay. damn good bike. I had, I still have it. Actually, it's for sale. Who wants to buy it? I've got, I've got my thousand super stock bike, super bike slash back then it was super stock, super, super bike. Right. It's a Gixxer thousand from the Michael Jordan team. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it was Holden or Yates or I don't know who rode it, but yeah. we got that bike from them and um it was it was a good bike and i did yeah I did well in 09 Haloff, i remember Haloff racing yeah dude my Scotty buddy Jensen rode for him. my buddy owned that team man awesome yep you know so that was one eye good bike yeah rodney or rodney. rodney rayborn yeah rodney rayborn good Earthy friend of mine rayborn, crazy guy yeah he he built some good stuff though man that bike i had i remember at daytona and Superbike. do you remember what Haloff meant yeah, it was the gayest thing ever. Have a lot of fun. Have a lot of fun racing. Yeah, dude. Or have a lot of have, yeah. Have a lot of fun racing. Yeah. Hey, love racing. I asked him. Yeah. I remember he had a set of leathers <laughs> made for me. I stayed at his house. <laughs> like, hey, dude, what's what's Hayloff? You know, I thought <laughs> have a lot of fun. It's like this is the gayest. You're like thing shut the fuck up, that really? Oh, so lame, Rodney. Yeah. Yeah, it's dude, like it's like his, kid, his kids came up with that or something. It had to have been, yeah. right? Freaking Rodney. Um, but that dude built some good stuff, man. And um, yeah. that was a solid year. I, I, the best finish I ever had was in Superstock. I was right. I remember I was running at Daytona, right off the tail of, of Michael Barnes and Aaron Yates, and um, I freaking missed a shift the last lap. Oh, and um, and Chris Paris and Ulrich got by me, but. That was, that was a solid season for me. And then 2010, I went to Ozzy Dave Racing. Got half a season in, and uh, last race in my career was 2010 Laguna Seca. That Until, Until the last thing. year. Yeah. The last year. Yeah. Like, I, I think when I reached I, out to you when I saw, when I saw you were going to do something last year. And yeah, I was last like, year I was dude, do a track day with you. stoked for you, man. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, where the fuck have you been? Like. And then, and then I saw you at Daytona this year, and I was like, man, like you're still getting it, you know, gray hair at all. Totally. Loving oh, man, it. I'm just, hey, Where'd just you go, head. man? God, I went all over. So, so here's the thing. It was cool. 2010, um, I got taken out at Daytona. I don't okay. remember. It was like a, I think it was a, I don't remember what race it was, but I got T-boned by Kyle Wyman, actually. Okay. He lost his brakes. He lost his brakes and Kyle Wyman T-boned me. He, he, I want to say compounded his tib fib. It was all bad for him. I, I got banged up, but I was fine. Um, it was a, it was the eight hours of Daytona. That's what it was. I was riding Ducati. We got on okay. the podium on that bike. Anyways, um, in that moment at Daytona, I got loaded up in the ambulance and I was going to the infield, you know, care center for the umpteenth yeah. time at Daytona. And uh, I told the medics on board, I said, you know, I thanked them. I was like, thanks for what you guys do. You know, it's really cool. When you're, if you've experienced it, I'm sure you have. When you're yeah. down and out, you know, and you're, you're getting hauled off in a stretcher or going to the hospital, it's a shitty feeling. You're, you're number one for me. It's always like, oh, God, like how long is this going to take to heal? Am I going to make the next race? Or my family. You know, what are yeah. they going to think? You know, they're, you're stressing them out and you got to let them know. And yeah, it's a, it's a shitty feeling. So I remember telling them, I was like, thank you for what you guys do. And I told the medic, he was super cool. I said, I'm going to do what you do. I'm done racing. I'm going to do what you do. And um, so I did. I made it up to Laguna from Daytona. 
Ozzy, Dave, and I had a falling out, um, and uh, that was it. I, I raced like some local race at that event, Laguna Seca, um, with Jeremy Toy and Brian Perriott. So I had a good little last yeah. race at Laguna. It was fun, and then that was it. I, I signed up for the Monterey Fire Academy um, and EMT school, so I became an EMT and a firefighter. Like, instantly. oh wow, that was it. That's awesome. So, yeah, so you disappeared for basically a decade, and then you come back. It was out. Yeah, man. More than it a decade. Cool. Almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. Yeah, Crazy, over a decade. I've worked yeah. for Cal Fire, and um, that's what brought me back up here, a job for Cal Fire. It was an awesome career. Um, and uh, worked some ranches, a few different cattle ranches, running cattle and growing hay, and, you know, did all that. Good, just hard labor, learned a ton. Um, yeah, you said you said before you joined the chat, the show tonight. Like, sorry, I'm a little late, man. I had to put out a hay fire. I was like, what? <laughs> no, that was uh, that was. <laughs> well, I burned it, so I got a bunch of hay, like old crappy hay, for my track. I put on events at my, I put on races at my house. Yeah. And all my bales get rained on, and they get heavy, they fall apart, they grow weeds. So I needed more hay, and my neighbors down the road. Had a bunch of hay that they bailed up that got rained on. I was like, done, I'll take it. Well, it got rained on too much to where I couldn't load it up. But then I was committed to all this damn hay. So I loaded up with all my, you know, my mini excavator, brought it here to my dump trailer. Yeah. Paid it, paid it out in a big old row of crappy hay. So it's finally dried. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, yesterday. So I torched it off. And then I call Cal Fire. I'm like, hey, guys, just so you know, I'm across, I'm across the road from you guys. And if you see a big old plume of smoke, I'm just, I'm burning hay. Don't worry about it. You know, like, Oh, well, you don't, you don't have your burn permit and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, come like, on. I had, to, I had to freaking put it back out and it's burning all night. I'm smoking my neighbors out and I'm working all day and it's still smoking. So yeah, right. I look out the window and my neighbor goes like, dude, what's, what are you burning trash? I'm like, no, I'm just burning a little scumpy hay, man. So yeah, right before I called you, I had to run out there and flow water on it for a while to try to put it out. <laughs> so, so you uh so you you what what you started your own camp thing like you got the dirt yeah. track school thing or what is that tell Hawk me Mazzotto about camp. tell me about the hawk mazota moto camp what's going on yeah there? man so um in 2019 my then girlfriend now wife um actually i took her down to laguna seca for the race that was my introduction i took her down to that and um i i had I had not touched a motorcycle seriously from 2010 till I met her. And I, I went out and I, you know, fooled around on a dirt bike. I did a supermoto race. And um, she's the one that got me back into racing. It's her fault. She was like, you. That's a, that's a story. In your eyes. You know, it's like <laughs> you, you're, you've got this look in your eye and you're in a better mood. Like you're a better human being. You need to do that. So anyways, she sort of got me fired up on it. Um, I have a 10 year old, he's 10 years old now and, you know, take him to school and stuff. Everyone knew I, I rode and I raced. And so they'd be like, Oh, how can you teach my kid how to ride? And so I was always around this whole thing of, of teaching others to ride. And I, I love teaching. I taught at Pridmore school. I taught at Skip Barber school on the KTMs with, with Bostrom and Jeff Haney and all these guys that we yeah. had damn good curriculum. Um, so I know how to teach and I, I truly enjoy it, especially the kids. And I love kids. So yeah, man, over a, a couple bottles of wine with my wife that night, it was like, we're doing it. We're starting to, we're making it a business. So we came up with the, 
the name. And uh, yeah, so to the, the very end of 19, I started Hockmas Automotive Camp and it started as, I'm in the dirt, I teach all my property. I've got um, several tracks that are cut in um, and it's pretty much flat ground, flat training. So flat track, TT, I mean, I've got obstacle courses, you name it, I've got it out here and we teach on, you know, 100s, mini bikes. Um, nice, like titter 125s, that kind of stuff? Yeah, or? yeah, okay. 100s. Um, I teach all ages, all skill levels. I've taught thousands of students now. Um, really? I work with kids. I mean, I've done it all, honestly, man. In a few years, I, I worked with a, a school. It's called the California Adventure Academy. It's an independent school up here that is uh, outdoor-based, right? So definitely yeah. during COVID, they were they were like really cranking. So it was all outdoor. They had your your main curriculum and subjects of core stuff, but you know it was a lot more life-based stuff. And so I had these students coming out, and I had fifty students to teach in two hours. I mean, it was like one of the biggest challenges and things for me to learn my craft of of how to teach a kid. I mean, I had I had a Stasic bike, I had a PW50, and I had a little stock 50, TTR50. So that was my little quiver. And so I had little kids, you know, kindergarten up through middle school, high school. And I did this for a few days. So um, anyways, point is I've, I've worked with a lot of different students and it's taught me a lot. And um, I sure enjoy it, man. Like my whole curriculum is, is based upon what I've learned, what I think is right. Not textbook, not, you know, you should do this, you should do that. Um, I teach safety. Like if you teach it, in my opinion, in the dirt, that stems out to the different disciplines. I don't care if it's supermoto, flat track, motocross, obviously road race, ergonomically, you're in a different position, but um, the foundation is across the board. Right and, on. You know, right? So front brake, rear brake, throttle control, throttle application, lean angles. I mean, it's like, I, I love what I teach and it works, period. It just does. It, there's not one way to teach, not that my, my way is the right way, but it sure as hell works. And I've, I've liked, I've enjoyed seeing um, whether it's kids or adults come to me and leave with absolute, either their goal has been met or they've taken these huge steps where they're more confident, they're having more fun riding. Right. And they're a safer rider. So that's, is, that's, the, is the camp like your main gig? Or are you doing the firefighters thing now. gig? It, no, no, no. I, it is now. Um, okay. No, I stopped firefighting years ago, being a single father. Um, and I, I've been building homes. That's what I do. Okay. I build homes. I sort of do it all um, as far as in the trades. Versatile so. dude, man. Like, you're quite the character. Like, I I would never have expected you to say that, building homes. Yeah, I've, I, that's what I've been since high school. Our parents no, always no you know, okay. had to have a job and... Yeah, we were, my brother and I were grunt laborers, man, out of high school on multi-million dollar home jobs, effing off, like bending and cutting rebar and throwing it at seagulls that flew by on the Big Sur coast, too. Like, wow. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've uh, built homes from the ground up, every phase of it, you know. Um, so that's what I've done um, for years. And I just last uh, October... That was it, you know. My wife said, "Just focus on, focus on one thing. Focus on your business, you know, because I spread too thin, um, and it, it, it's been challenging, man. Like yeah. it's good. I can focus and really put my effort and energy and into this, 
and I love it. It's my passion. If I could just do this, hell yeah, I would. Yeah. But it's hard, man. New startup businesses, I don't care what it is. I've had mobile detailing businesses and I've done my own stuff yeah. in a different industry, but it's hard. It takes time and, and it's an extra thing. It's not a necessity. You know, people right. coming to learn to ride a motorcycle with our economy and the COVID shit, it's like, it's not a necessity. So right. uh, yeah. it's, it's hard, you know, I'm making do. Um, yeah. It's this, this first event, I, I just had it um, a few weeks ago for this year because we got so much rain up here. I had to cancel over oh and over. God. So it's been yeah. really hard um, start to the year for me. Um, but we're hoping that it picks up. And if it doesn't, you know, I just, you know, I'm not giving up on it. Um, I just got to go get some, some jobs, you know, some building jobs or something like that, you know. Right on. So let me ask you this. Like what, what bikes do you have in your garage right now? Besides the school bikes, uh, so I've got school bikes slash my bikes, couple three XR one hundreds. Okay, you know, and and that's like my my tool of choice for anything. And your um, Jordan bike, right? You the yeah, Jordan bike. super bike, man. Anyone wants to buy it, thing is just sitting there ready to go. Thirty five hundred bucks, it's yours. Thirty five hundred bucks for a Jordan super bike. The very first traction control with a little dial on the handlebar, and dude, the thing is gnarly. Wow. Anyways, I got the old superbike. I've got thirty five hundred um, bucks for a Jordan superbike. Yeah, I need it gone. I'm serious. God, we're man. dumb. This sport is just chews us up and just spits us out, it, doesn't it? Ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've had it. On, I've had it on marketplace, but it's like marketplace. Yeah, I've got it. I've got a. Yeah, beard, like, people are like, "Oh, is this street legal?" Bearded really? jixers like, how much? Dude, like, obviously, we're on a slight delay. But when he gets that, it's thirty five hundred bucks. He's probably gonna hit me up and, and, and try Sweet. to get it. Like, Told, done. <laughs> I'll throw in all sorts of stuff with it. Oh my god, that's so funny. Um, okay, so bike. Um, I bought one of one of five of Roland Sands uh, Indian Scouts that he built. Yeah, because <clears throat> I got all fired up a couple years ago. I was like, oh my god, I saw the hooligan race. And I want to do that. So I bought one of his and it's just a freaking weapon yeah i raced it at long beach um you know on the moto beach classic race and um i've tooled around on it but i, I just gave it's actually a funny story man so i raced long beach and it had some sort of i think ecu issue it was sort of yeah. off throttle thing would would stutter um when i'd crack throttle back on and blah, 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 blah. so uh I call around, call Roland, call his boys. Like, oh yeah, call the Lloyd's garage guys out, out east. So I call them, talk to them. They're like, yeah, no problem. You could you could send the ECU out to us, and we'll we'll reflash it or whatever they do. You know, it's like, all right, cool. Long story short, I race those guys now, Lloyd's garage. Oh no! Shit. I had no I had no clue who they were at the time. I talked right. to just a couple guys that were super cool, really really helpful, and. Uh, now I raced for them. So, anyways, I've got the I've got the Indian Scout. I've got my super motorbike, just the stock YZF 450. I've got my old 07 YZF 450 that has been super moto that I, I teach on and I train on, um, which I'm going to convert that back. Um, and I've got a couple little 50s that are again they're just my camp bikes that that students rent rent out for me. Right on. And some Stasics that Stasics sent me, you know, to to train the kids on. Um, so you. Um... So you're you're racing super hooligans and baggers or just baggers? Like what's you're doing both? Yeah. 
Yep, I'm doing both this year. So last year, so here's how this all is started. Is it an man. Indian bagger as well? Yeah, it's an Indian challenger. Okay. Yeah, so I'm racing for uh, the Lloyd's Garage guys. Okay. Um, and they are the the performance tuners in the U.S. Period for Indians. Did so, not know that. Yep, Lloyd's Garage, man, they're badass. Thanks so for they, that they, info, Hawk. <laughs> they do the stuff for uh, you know, uh, Rolling Sands, all those. Anyways, um, they uh, they hired me to ride their Indian Challenger and Baggers this year, and uh, a Hooligan bike, which is a, it's gonna be. It's not even done being built. It's an Indian Chief. Oh. So the whole plan that this year was just I was gonna race an Indian Chief. They were gonna build it. It it wasn't done for Daytona. So uh, I ended up racing Roland Sands Indian Chief that Rennie Skaysbrook raced last year. Okay. Because it wasn't done. I said, hey, Roland, what do you think, man? I wanna not miss out on a double header for points. So I raced his bike, won both rounds at Daytona on his bike out there. So we're leading in points. Now the boys will have our Lloyd's Garage bike built. Um, so hooligans, you're leading in points? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's badass, dude. Like, that's, you know, Roland's idea with that super hooligan thing. I mean, like, the, I, I've heard a few people say this before, but, I mean, this sport is supposed to be fun. And, man. Yeah. And cost, and you can, it's I think fun. it's awesome what he's done. Dude. Yeah. It's like, Roland's just, I think like, oh, you got some weird shit? Yeah, we'll figure out a way yeah. to put that in there. Dude, Roland's a badass, man. That guy's got such a vision, and he's a, a, an ex, extremely talented racer. Yeah, an artist, and he's got that that style and the vision to is what I think the sport needed. You know, like, yeah. Moto America is so different than AMA since I've come back to it. AMA, you know, like I don't care what sanctioning body, anyone's going to find their stuff they don't like about it, and right. they've got the positives. And Moto America, you know, because I've I'm a absolute fresh mind to it. Um, it's got its absolute positives, man. It's ran by yeah. some incredible human beings dude period but i had i, I had what, chuck i had chuck excellent on the podcast like a month ago yeah, or these or guys are these guys are legit yeah but there's just some things for me it's cool for me is that i've been out of the sport for so long i dealt with ama i dealt with remember it was dmg yeah like it's gone through a lot of shifts where i've come back to it as an older guy and i promote my own race i have my own races that I run so yeah. i'm very uh aware of how things are ran, be it yeah. safety and efficiency and um, how they treat hard, their riders hard, and all this stuff. Not to, it's hard not to go there when you run your own deal and you see the other side of the curtain. It's you know hard. what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah. you have your you have your opinions of a racer and most racers have their opinions on certain things. But when you've been on the other side of the fence, then you're starting you asking questions, right? You're like, hey, why are they doing it like this? Because we do it like this and it works better. So, right, right. right. I hear you. Yep. And not to say, I mean, Motor America. Um, I'm, I'm stoked to be in their paddock. Period. Yeah. Um, I think they're doing a great job, but, dude. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, there's, there's, there's some awesome stuff happening. Yeah. And paddock has changed. The industry has changed. The economy. And there's a, so much that goes into it, right? Um, but what was, where were we? How did I get on that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, you know, being in the paddock, you were saying about the racing and how much different it is nowadays. I was going somewhere else, man. No, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. It. I'm just letting you flow. I squirrel, man. I squirrel hard. Do what? 
I squirrel out, you'll lose me quick. Hey, man, I, I'm right there with you. I've got, like, no short-term memory. I'm like Mr. CTE or whatever over here. So I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, anyways, right. well, so you're racing, you're, you're racing the Indian, right? So, yeah, back to the Indian, man, is that uh, the plan was to race the, just the Chief. And when Corey West, he was riding the bike I'm on now last year. Okay. So when, when what was Saddleman Indian, uh, Saddleman Lloyd's, anyways, that whole team, they shifted yeah. into Harley. Now yeah. they're Saddleman Harley. When that happened, my team owner, Tim Sutherland, I believe he owned the motorcycle that Corey West raced. Okay. So last minute, right before Daytona, um, since the chief wasn't done being built, he said, well, what do you think about racing just the bagger? And so that's how that happened. It's like, hell yeah. Let's race a bagger. So that's how it happened. And it sort of just morphed into what it is now. Um, I mean, Lagoon or uh, Daytona was the first time I even saw the bike, sat on the bike. Oh, really? So, yeah, man. It's like, it's it's sort of the story of my life. And my it's racing weird, career. right? I, yeah, I look at those and things. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to have the opportunity. But I'm like, as a racer, I want to run with the boy. I know I can run up front. I know I can. But especially in baggers, you've got to have seat time and testing. You have to have yeah. the equipment because the factories are, dude, they're like two years ahead of us, which is in a budget that we don't even have. It's just not going right. to happen. Dude, their budget's you know? bigger than Richard's budget on the Superbike. Oh, it's like it's by incredible. a lot. It's incredible. Yeah. It's gnarly. But anyways, we, dude, we did good at Daytona. I've got the best crew. You know, for me coming back to racing now at 41, I'm not trying to make a career racing anymore. Um, right. I just, I love it. I'm passionate about it. I'm still fast and, uh, it's a good tool for my business. It's a good yeah. marketing tool. And, um, you know, given the opportunity, if, if I can, if I can be hired to race a motorcycle and make money doing it, um, I'm like, I'm just stoked and appreciative. So the thing is for me, no, knowing that I'm mean, shit, dude, I have a family. So risk versus gain, like it's, yeah. it's that thing for me though. It's, it's definitely on my mind and I'm, I have mixed feelings about it, but it's got to be a good experience for me to show up to the track now. And, and, yeah. and these guys are freaking awesome. I, I love my team. You know, the owner, Tim and Sandra Sutherland, they're rad. Lloyd Greer, um, Lloyd's garage. He's rad. I've got the best. I've got like the dream crew chief. He's yeah. my teammate, Josh. I mean, he's a fast rider. He races in hooligan too. Okay. So it's like. To be able to have a guy who is mechanically, he is so good that I know, I Which know my Josh? bike is safe. Josh, Josh Baird. Okay. Yeah. He's racing the Indian FTR. So he's like the guy, you know, um, that wrenches on stuff that I know my bike is safe. I know it's fast. And to be able to relay information to a racer, they get it. You yeah. Know? Someone who doesn't race, it's a mechanic. It's, it's sometimes hard to completely have that communication. Yeah. You know, so um, I'm stoked, man. I've got just a good atmosphere. And for me, even if, even if I'm not, like, I'm not finishing where I want to on the bagger. Right. Um, it's so competitive. Um, I'm having fun, man. You know, the guys what's are it, bad. Work. What's it like? Um, I talked to Frankie Garcia quite a bit. You know, he's a good friend of mine. <clears throat> and yeah. he, he's a bagger guy, you know, and I think he's teammates with. Um, yeah, Corey and, Corey and uh, yeah. So, um, what's it like riding a bagger on the banking at Daytona? Because, like, I was at Daytona, 
and I could hear those things. They sounded like hot rods, you know. They sounded like crazy V8s or something. But yeah. man, they're what, 180 mile an hour is something crazy. Yeah. Some of those guys. Really, I mean, yeah. yeah. So what? Describe describe that experience from the cockpit view. Um, it's badass. All right, like <laughs> they sound so well, duh, good. right. Yeah. Freaking badass, and it, it's it's different because I can compare it to superbike. You know, they don't race superbikes there anymore. I raced a superbike at Daytona. You know, so you were a hundred or shit. We were like two hundred mile per hour. Yeah, um, freaking gnarly. But the bagger, man, it's not far off. I mean, speed wise, yeah, I think I was one hundred seventy some mile per hour. Um, so that's a big difference from a superbike. But they're not built to do that. So no. it feels like you're going 200 some mile per hour. It just, and I don't know if it's the same for every bagger out there. I know on my bagger, you know, we had limited seat time. Maybe we could have had it set up a little bit better, but it, it, they move. They, they move, dude. You've got to let it just do wiggle. its thing. Yep. You got to ride the wiggle. Is that what you're saying? The, yeah, man. The best way to describe it, I tell guys, though, is it's like riding a, a really big, long wheelbase XR100. Wow. Okay. They're they're like, you know, they're they're soft. They move. They flex. I'm gonna say they're soft. They flex. They're yeah. So damn heavy that that they're everything on them is moving and flexing. You got to just sort of give them their reins, and you got to be comfortable with a lot of movement. You can't see it in TV and stuff, but I'll tell you what, dude. They're they are moving. You know, that's, on the banking, they're, they're just sort of doing this. That sounds crazy, man. You know, but they're but they're stable. They're forgiving. Yeah. They're, they're forgiving. So, yeah. when when's your next race? Well, unfortunately for me, man, not till shit Laguna. Okay. Uh, Road America is our next bagger race, but uh, you know, due to how much the stuff costs, the team uh, decided not to go to Road America. Unfortunately. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm, I'm bummed because, uh, I mean, for us, like each each time we're on the bike, we're gaining. You know, I need that seat time and. I think we're, I don't know where we are in points. We were sixth in points, which is like, damn good. Who the good. fuck cares? You're 40-something. Like, you're just having fun, right? Yeah, I'm having fun, but I want to win, man. Yeah, I'm a of racer. course. Yeah. Like, you know? Well, I mean, you know, scumbag him into going anyway, dude. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, man. But yeah. it's all good. You know, this they're, they're putting out so much just to do what they're doing. I'm just appreciative that I have a ride. You know, it's, it's pretty neat to be able to show up and race with yeah. these guys and uh, we went to we just went to uh, Pittsburgh, okay, uh, for Bagger recently. BRL oh, race. you did the you did the BRL yeah. thing, and that dude, was awesome, dude. Those guys, I I don't know if you know this, but um, there's a group of guys that started riding track with us, uh, track days in about I want to say 17 or 18, and most of those guys are still racing right now either hooligans or brl or uh baggers yeah. right some of them yeah. multiple so it's like lucas it's a wild group huh yeah so you know do you know lucas uh they call him the joker um yeah and then, yeah, yeah eric stoles oh totally jeez um, like tony uh tony, tony shreds. shreds yeah tony shreds yeah, zach yeah. nation yeah. like dude I'm the guy that took Zach Nation cool. off the Malibu Canyon and brought Good him out to the track. track. Nice. And basically, <clears> there. Uh, so after after Zach kind of came and left, 
there was like three or four of these Harley dudes, and they called me up. Tony Shreds called me up one day, and he was like, hey, man, do you think it'd be cool if Harleys were on the track with you guys? And I was like, fuck yeah, bro. And he's like, really? Like, he was shocked because I guess every other org that he talked to said no. They wouldn't allow. Yeah, and I'm like, come on out, dude. We had some guy in a Virago, you know? And so I got to watch those guys come up and help them. They went through my new racer. All of them did. And then they also, like, when when I was building the CRA in the background in 2020, I consulted with them. I was like, hey, guys. Oh, really? Every, everywhere they went to race, they were, like, the bastard stepchildren. So, like, t- you know, those guys all... You know, they would get stuck at the back of the 250s. The races really didn't count towards anything. It was like exhibition or whatever. And I was like, no, dude, when we start CRA, I'm going to create an American Iron class for you guys. And they're like, oh, cool. Good on you, man. So you paid away for these dudes. Yeah. And, you know, obviously word got around that we were doing that. And all of a sudden, other clubs started adding on that kind of class for them, right? Nice, okay. And, um, you know, it's pretty rad going to Daytona, and those guys still recognize me and remember me from back then because they were like, dude, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you. So, I don't know. It's kind of of a neat little segue into that. Yeah, you helped introduce something that's really big. Yeah, and honestly, the demographic, as we all know, be it in Moto America, and uh, it's it's changed the sport and it's been needed. It's been yeah. really needed. I think Moto America, um, smart of them to have done what they've done. And I know yeah. you have a lot of haters. You are going to have haters, but um, I mean, I if you watch my show, like Richard Stanboli and I have had a, quite a fun. What's time. Richard think of it? He probably hates <clears throat> him. You know what? <clears throat> the biggest Dude, problem. I mean, the they, biggest they problem, Richard, on the has, track once in a while, a, a lot, <laughs> like Richard, <laughs> a lot of while. Well. Uh, yeah, right. Like Richard's yeah. biggest problem with them isn't the fact that it's them; it's that it causes it's caused him delays. delays. It's caused yeah, yeah. No, that's reduced true, reduction of race laps, that kind of stuff. It's happened. But yeah, you know, he did give the baggers props for the last round because they didn't really have any delays clean. this time. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe they figured out the belly pan thing. I don't know, but we're getting there, man. I mean, it's so new, you know. Like, yeah, it takes time with any new class, right? But yeah. Here's the thing, too, is that it, if I mean, Motor America is a business. Period. It's a business. Yeah. So when you look at demographics, you look at numbers, and when the majority of your spectators were in leather vests and chaps, and maybe assless chaps, well, ch- <laughs> all chaps are, man. aren't all chaps assless? They should be. It's freaking. I awesome. mean, you know, but you know, up here. I mean, the bagger thing, it, it's um, and the hooligan thing too. The the thing about both of those classes, it's just bringing new faces to the track, man. And yep. those faces are buying T-shirts and shit, yep. and they're That's buying right. tickets, and they're bringing their family. And guess yeah. what? They're going and grabbing Gagne posters too. So Dude, I, I think it's thing. I think it's great. It's something new, um, and it's it's something that that a lot of guys can do. I'm being right? reminded that stuff is, is... I'm being reminded that Richard and I had a joke about the Bagger Pace Car, which is like the the truck with the sweeper on it, you know. At Daytona, we called it the bagger pace car. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, Pretty thanks, true. thanks for the reminder of that, buddy. Appreciate yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, man. But hey, the hooligan thing and the bagger, especially hooligan, it's it's created a class that's sort of old school, like back in the day. Yeah. To where 
Dude, you can run, you could run almost the same set of tires for several rounds. Really? It doesn't cost, yeah, man, it doesn't cost much to do. I mean, the thing doesn't burn tires like our bikes? I rode the Chief out Daytona, and I think we used two sets of tires. Wow. And you can, you could do it, I mean, Dude. yeah, if you're, if you're going to be super competitive, you know, you might throw some sets at it, but it's, it's a class that allows guys to get out there and do, they're a cool group of guys. They're, they're hooligans, like they're, they're yeah. rough, but they're the, they're the industry guys that we need. They're the ones that are, they're cutting and chopping and welding and creating and fabricating stuff that, that is like, whoa, that's impressive. Eric Stahl, right? He's racing a bagger. Dude, Eric These Stahl guys, is a Brian, beast. Brian Shields. These guys are driving the country themselves building the bike, their bikes themselves, trying to make a grid, load up, go home, and then they're building that same thing for customers. That's what we need. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, sport bike guys, not to hate on at all. I mean, I, I love sport bikes, but sport here, bikes, let me, let me roll bikes, up my sleeves. Yeah. But Hey, you can go buy a sport bike for pretty damn cheap. Not a Harley or an Indian, right? Right. <laughs> they're, they're what? 15, 20, $30,000. You want to go buy a bagger? So, those, those are the people that, that they've got money to show up to the races and buy the souvenirs, take their families, get them interested, and then yeah. go do the modifications to their bike, you know? Well, they were doing the modifications to their bikes at Daytona, those fans. Yeah. You know, like Pretty outside, cool, it was the weirdest thing, man. I, I don't well, know. They set up booths. They do it right there. Like, yeah. there. I think Crafts, they might even had a mobile ball. dyno. My team, my team's got it. They show up. They, they have a – they've got um, – at uh, Sturgis and all these places, they've got their their stuff they set up just for the year, that part of no the year kidding. for the event. That they open up shop, they do all the dyno runs, the the tuning, all this stuff. They close it down. That's it for the year. Yeah, I and mean, it's a full blown thing. Yeah. So Royal Josh says um, the variety of motorcycle brands now racing is incredible too. You know, like hooligans. Awesome. I mean, obviously you got some Harleys, dynos, and shit, right? And then you've got. The BMW. Then you got the BMW R19 and the Energica thing that uh, that Stefano is riding. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Debrino's KTM. Yeah, dude, like there's a massive amount of stuff in that class. It's great. It's it's awesome. It's a it's a just something. Hey, check this out. So in in twenty one, I roll up over the hill. Uh, coming up. By the way, up. nice pinky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you got the same one. Oh yeah, pinky brothers, dude. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it's so sick. <laughs> it's a way. It's a permanent throttle grip, dude. My so son funny. gives you shit all the time. So we go up. You know, as soon as you come in the little toll booth, Willie at Laguna Seca, and then you come up to turn five. Yeah. So I've got my wife. We're coming up over and just pulling in. We're, we're turning this way, paralleling the track. Baggers are on track in turn five. Yeah. I didn't know baggers even were a thing. Yeah. And I look over and there's this, whoa, ripping by. I have it on video. I videotaped it. I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? I remember telling my wife and I videotaped it. I get all fired up. I'm like, no way. I, would, I said I would never do that. Like, bagger, like, what the hell is that? You know, here I am doing it. But... It was so intriguing right away. Like it caught my attention. And then I found out like, I think Heron was doing it and Garcia, like all these guys are doing this stuff that, dude, it's a draw. You can't help but love it. I don't care if you're, 
you're a, a couch racer, like all these silly guys that are just internet guys that know it all these days, or if you're a true racer, right. if you've ridden a bagger, if you've ridden a bike that's not a sport bike, dude, you, you got to appreciate it because it's just, yeah, it's gnarly. They're not meant to do what we're doing on them. They're hauling ass and um, it's exciting to watch. You know, these guys are no joke, man. It's, dude, it, it's super And it's American, man. It's, yeah. it's America. Indian well, I just like I, I just like it that you know it's it's allowed people like the guys I mentioned earlier an opportunity to go racing national, but then also yeah. like my friends, you know, like Frankie Garcia and those guys just like battling yeah, it out. And Frankie's fun. a big dude, you know, and he's able to go it's as fast ride, as he man. does, you know, and it's yeah. like. You know, he's kind of not built for it, and he's riding a bike that's not built for it, but somehow he makes it work, and he goes fast, you know? So. It doesn't really matter. These baggers, I mean, it matters, right? Like, poundage is horsepower and all that yeah. stuff. But, dude, if you're – here's the thing, too, with the baggers, since I have came into this sport last year, um, you've got some talented racers doing it, and the only guys that are going fast on them, they're, they're top-notch. They're yeah. either they're doing times that the six hundred guys are guys doing, or they're retired, right? I mean, like Jeremy McWilliams is like eleventy seven, right? The guy's an animal, but there's a lot of guys that won't touch him because yeah. they are gnarly. I'm going to tell you, like, <laughs> you sit on one, and it's just intimidating. They're they're just they're big, and they're they're getting better. I think to the point of mine's not where I want it to be, but they're they're ergonomically. I sat on O'Hara's bike. And they've got the bars now to where they come across, they've chopped them, they've welded them, they got clip-ons, it's sporty now. Oh, okay. They're getting better to where it feels like you're up over the front, like it should be. You know, so your mine's still way out here. You got <laughs> the ape hangers. I've got motocross straight bars, man. I'm like, Okay. But um the they're they're just they're gnarly, man. Like it takes a certain rider. So I I personally appreciate, you know, what Wyman and O'Hara and McQuinn, the guys who are are breaking records, I'm telling you, it is no joke. These guys are. I mean, watching O'Hara full lock going into the corner at Atlanta, yeah, I was just like, okay, dude, no thanks. Badass. <laughs> it was badass, you know, dude. You know about these bikes is that because they're such a long wheelbase, um, if the clutches last, the motors last, you can actually back these things in so good and so smooth. Yeah. Um, they're, like I said, they're sort of forgiving. Yeah. If you're comfortable letting these things hang out there, um, they're they're fun to ride, man. They're they're. Like, you ask Ben Bosham, it's the funnest bike he's ever ridden. It's the funnest racing he's ever done. He's not doing it now. I don't know why the guy's know, like he just in. did that one, right? I don't think he did the whole thing. He just did he just that one did a at Laguna, handful, right? Yeah, the last one he did was I raced. I had a good little race with him at, at Utah. Okay. And that was it. Oh, at he's the BRL unicorn, thing. Man. Yeah, he disappears. You know what, dude? That guy, that guy was a champ, dude. Like he could do he's whatever incredible. he wants. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right? He's he's Ben Bosch. Those both those guys, Eric yeah. Bosch, they're the coolest cats ever. You know, Eric. I just talked to him the other day. He's building homes with his dad. Oh no, kidding! Back homes, like they're just <laughs> yeah, those guys. Yeah, like I mean, I see his. I, I he probably Ben probably still owns all the. Strava KOMs in Malibu, right? <laughs> I'm sure he does. He's just an animal. So talented. Yeah. Well, I've got a comment. It's kind of a dumb one, but um, I'm going to call it out because it's one of my guys. But Marcus Jackson is asking about my T-shirt and asking if it's a bagger shirt. 
It's clearly not a bagger shirt. It's Thunder Hill shirt, man. I'm rocking a Thunder Hill shirt because Track Days has a weekend at Thunder Hill West next month. So, got to rock. Yeah, you're in my neck of the woods. I'm going to have to come out and hang out. Yeah, dude. June 17th and 18th, we're at Thunder Hill West, the little baby track. So I believe oh, that's fun. We're on that's the little we're on the little track. I think it's like two miles or something. It's, it, it's like a hilly streets of Willow, basically. It's awesome, dude. Right? I just spun like a million laps there. I did a commercial with Bostrom out there. Just oh, did you? Recently, and spun a million. Maybe laps. I'll have it's you come so out good. and hang with us, dude. But um, I'd be down. Yeah. We uh, I think AFM is racing on the big track that weekend, so I'm tempted to bring my R1 oh, really? up there and do both. You know? Are you still racing? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, got, you are. I got the Broham, dude. The I've got a 2022 Yamaha R1. Oh shoot! Yeah. So is it all? Is it all Stambolied up? <laughs> What's my name, dude? Oh man! <laughs> shoot! Yeah, yeah, you should race. You kidding yeah. me? So well, um, I'll have to pop over if it works. Uh, I'll have to check the old calendar. Which, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll hit you up I'd offline and do out. that. But yeah, that's I'm you know and. Uh, and I, I got to get this in because I've been talking about it at every every podcast the last month or so. But basically, um, I'm I'm riding my bicycle. I'm doing this crazy ride where I'm gonna ride my bicycle from San Francisco to Los Angeles down the coast the first week of October. And uh, really? I'm, I'm doing a charity fundraiser thing. It's uh, the ride is organized, um, but it's raising money for the Arthritis Foundation. Good so you. if you want to donate to that, there's a link to it in the description of this video. And um, donate away. The goal is 3500 bucks. Yeah. I'm up to just shy of two grand right now. So nice, I got Good a little bit you, of time. Man. But yeah, you so that's – so that's oh, yeah. I think, I think I'll – I think the, the people that I know in the circle will help make it happen. That's but, right. Um, Good old yeah. Highway 1 ride. That will be epic. Yeah, I, I've never done that. I, I've – I've oh, ridden. I want to do it. I, I read a hundred miles last week, which wasn't too bad. Um, you know, go ride a hundred miles and then get uh, get to hang out with Richard Stamboli after. You know, at the shop with the boys. They're like, oh, man, that's... you look like, like. Uh, let's see. I think Yosef said that I would look like a meth head, and I was like, whoa, because <laughs> you know I've lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but Richard, not to be outdone, I said I. That. He said I looked like a cancer patient, so I was like, you know, because I'm bald. So, anyway. Oh, I mean, dude, you you look good, man, for being so old. Oh well, you're right Just behind me there, buddy. I know. So, I want to well, do that cycle with you. Well, you, I'll I'll send you a link to it if you want to register. I got a little buddy here, real quick. Oh yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> chubby cheekies. This is this is Wesley, <laughs> aka Squishy. Squishy. Yeah, she's he's nine given, months old, but she's she's giving like, me a look. Is she two years old. She's she, fat. She's giving me a she's giving me a look. Say hi. Say hi, Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know what? This has been a good chat, Hawk. Thank um, you, man. You know, I wish you the best of luck and your bagger stuff. And, man, hope, hopefully you. we'll see you up north and, you know, uh, have you yeah. come lead us around and sh show us what's up and have a good time with us. I'd be stoked. Absolutely, man. Thanks right. for having me on. And uh, we'll, uh, I'd be really stoked to have you up to my place. If you're up oh, in man. The, you're only hey Thunderhill is an hour from my place, so if it works, we'll have wow. to coordinate. You come to my place. You got a place to stay. We'll ride dirt bikes, 100s. Go okay. supermoto. It's 15 minutes away. 
man we'll you're, weekend of it, you're, man. you're throwing down the gauntlet man <laughs> bring bring your crew up yeah no that's yeah, what man. it's about that's awesome that's yeah. awesome well, well Dustin, you know, hey super yeah. good to see you and chat with you man i appreciate yeah. you having me on and yeah any final final words final words um hey stay tuned this year for the bagger and uh the hooligan racing keep an eye out we're gonna be we're gonna be hunting it hard hunting that uh, hooligan championship bagger we're we're gonna be chipping away right. and uh, check out hawkman's automoto camp uh check out the website and the social media and uh, i've got pretty rad stuff going here we've got a flat track tt race happening this weekend um, oh, wow. out here at my place the, the cottonwood classic it's the legit man it, okay yeah, it's some it's some badass racing, and we got remember Tony Myring? Yeah, I know Tiger Tiger Tony. Tony the he Tiger. Was like a, he, what was he like? Fifteen when I when yeah. I started racing. He's badass. He raced out here last weekend. Still hauling. He's still hauling racing. Ass. He's got to be. It, he's got to be your age, right? Like he's forty something, Close to right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah, man, we got right, some man. pretty good racing out here, and yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, dude, thanks for the chat, man. We'll do it again sometime. Sounds good. Anytime. All right, buddy. Right on, Dustin. Thanks, you guys. All right.